Hey folks, Brandon back with another podcast from the book, How to Become a Police Officer, even when you have no idea when to start with your preparation. So in this chapter, what I'm going to look at is the common application for mistakes. I think this is probably one of the best ways of advising you in how to complete your application form um, by actually demonstrating to you some of the big mistakes, some of the shockers that people make uh, on a regular basis. Now, I've just taken that these mistakes here that I'm going to outline from you from two application forms that I've marked just recently. So one of the services I provide is I will check your application form to make sure it's good to go. Both the initial submissions of these application forms were horrible and they would never have got anywhere near the next stage. So both of the individuals would have got a very nice email to say, thank you very much for your interest in X-Force. Unfortunately, on this occasion, your application form did not reach the required standard. So pin your ears back, folks. Here are 10, uh, I might even elaborate, and it might turn into more than 10 uh, common application forms mistakes, because although these are just from the recent two application forms, they are endemic in all the application forms that I've seen over the past 10 years or so. So the very first uh, mistake is people not actually answering the question. This is so important that you read the question that you're being asked and actually answer that question, not the question you were hoping to be asked and not what you are trying to translate what they mean uh, by that question into something completely different. So I'll give you an example here. Um, This is an example where in the application form it asked about a time when you've encouraged someone to uh, view a situation positively. And what they actually did is they gave an example of when they'd given feedback to some parents, this individual was a teaching assistant, about their child. And it was the feedback that was being discussed. At no point, at no point did this individual actually say that the parents didn't view the situation positively and why they didn't view it positively and what they actually said. It was a, a really good answer for the question, please can you tell me about a time when you've given someone feedback about a situation? So although the content was okay, it was the answer to a completely different question. So make sure that you answer the question. Um, And going to number two, um, in a lot of application forms, it will say things like, what did you consider when you created options for making the decision or whatever it may be and I think this throws people and they tend to go into a very sort of vague answer when they say things like I considered my thoughts and my feelings I considered what I was worried about no they don't want all of those vague comments what they're looking for is what you what did you consider so what would be the impact if you didn't do anything what options did you consider? What pros and cons went with each one of those options? What sort of contingencies did you consider should you go down a certain path? And that's the sort of thing they're looking at, not your feelings and your thoughts. And I considered that I was um, really emotional at the time. Now it's just so vague and it's just not answering the question and you're wasting your word count. Number three, Uh, when people make bold claims 
and their answer. So when you're describing what you did, you're saying things like, I was calm and professional. I approached the person and offered them empathy. I reassured them. I was positive in my communication. I solved the problem. I reassured them. I used de-escalation techniques. Now, all of these things sound great, and they're a useful starting point for going into the next bit that describes how you actually did those things. So you've got to describe how you did something. There's no point in just making a bold claim that you approach the person calmly and professionally until you actually explain how you've done it. And don't think you can follow the advice from elsewhere and just use buzzwords from the competency and values framework. So saying things like, I collaborated with my fellow team uh, members in an organisationally beneficial way, uh, focusing on producing an effective and efficient um, answer uh, to the problem that we were facing. Sounds great, doesn't it? But it's absolutely meaningless. It doesn't mean anything whatsoever. It's just a lot of buzzwords that have been put together to try and make you sound good, and the assessors will see through it straight away. So don't think you can use buzzword bingo. Number four, describing what you generally do. What the questions will invariably ask for is, can you tell us about a specific uh, occasion when? So it needs to be specific. They might ask for a specific example, but it needs to be specific about one incident in time, not what you generally do. So don't generalise, because if you do give an answer where you generalise, it will score zero. It will score absolutely zero. Um, Number five. I've got this as number four. (laughs) Anyway, number five. Spelling mistakes and your word count. So um, here's an example for you. Uh, Someone who is using their imitative uh, instead of initiative. Um, And so make sure that you've actually got the right word and get other people to read it. And if it makes no sense. So when I read this and the person was saying, I use my imitative, I was thinking, what's that? And then I worked out, oh, they actually mean initiative. Well, you'll get marked down for that because that is a spelling mistake. It's a grammatical error. Uh, And make sure your sentences actually make sense. There's so many sentences I've read in the past. When I read them out aloud, I think, I just don't understand that. It doesn't flow. The commas aren't in the right place. Or there's no commas at all. Or there's no full stops. The the first uh, word of a sentence is not in a capital. Spelling mistakes everywhere. You can fail based on spelling mistakes and grammatical errors. So please make sure you get these things right. Ask someone else to look at it. Ask me to look at it. I charge you though, so I'm more expensive, but I will go through the whole of the application form and make sure it's good to go and give you really, really detailed feedback because I know what they're looking for. The people, your friends and family may not know what they're looking for necessarily, but still utilize them. Read it out to yourself. Get them to read it out loud and you'll realise that actually some of the sentences and some of the phrases that you've used just make no sense whatsoever or that you need more commas or semicolons or full stops, that the grammar is all over the place. So please get this right, folks. Okay, number six. Actually, (laughs) I'm not going to give them numbers anymore because I think I've got a bit lost here. All right, so... um, 
So this is where it moves into the, as opposed to the competency tack questions that they ask you, the motivation and inspiration for wanting to be a police officer tack question. So one of them asks you for your motivation. What's motivating you to want to be a police officer? Why do you want to be a police officer? Um, and these are phrases from real application forms and they're ones that you should definitely not use because you will fail just based on these phrases so the first one unfortunately i no longer like my current job and i'm looking for a greater challenge what so the reason why you want to be a police officer is because you don't like what you're doing anymore no you're not joining our constabulary Uh, my personality values and qualities are similar to those of the police service that frankly is just a waste of words I feel I will be able to make a positive contribution. Well, that's wonderful. What's inspiring you to want to make a positive contribution? No two days are the same. Yeah, we know that. But that's not actually telling me why you want to be a police officer. I want to use my experience and skills to adapt to various challenges. Absolutely meaningless. I want to help save lives and generally help people. Well, go into the medical profession. Go into so many other professions that where you can save lives and generally help people. It's just vague and cliched and won't actually get you any marks whatsoever. I want to make communities a safer place to live and reduce crime. A worthy objective, but vague, cliched and fairly meaningless. You don't have much of a word count, so make sure that you use it wisely. And the last one, I'd find it incredibly exciting. Well, I'm sure sure you will, but that's not the reason why you want to be a police officer. So what I advocate instead is making it personal to you. What is your real motivation? Who or what initially motivated you or inspired you to want to be a police officer? And that's your starting point. And then we do something called uh, a timeline. So what have you done to further that interest in the police until you've got to the point where you're actually applying today? Um, So avoid the cliches. um, Avoid all the vague statements. Uh, I don't know where people get them from. I suspect there's books out there that tell you to say these things. The assessors have heard it all before. And please do not start off your answer with, I've always wanted to be a police officer. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. You weren't six months old and always wanting to be a police officer, were you? So, from an early age, I've wanted to be a police officer. Please, give me a break. Okay, then we move on to questions about why you're chosen force. I've lived here all my life. And some people end on that. That is not a reason why you want to apply to your particular force. I value the cultural differences in the area that I live in. Really, that's nice for you, but that's not answering the question. I believe this force area is a good mix of town, city and countryside. Therefore, it would be a good place for me to work. So is every county or city area in the, in the, in the country. Even a metropolitan place has countryside-based offices. Uh, the values of this force are the same as mine. Oh, please, give me a break. What a cliche. It's not actually answering the question. So think about what's unique about the force. Think about why you would want to actually be a member of this force. And and that might involve you actually talking to police officers and getting evidence from them where they will tell you that it feels like a family. I feel incredibly well supported. 
Uh, every day when I've met a challenge or a difficulty, someone's been there to help me. You know, make it really, really individual. Make it something that stands out for you in terms of why you want to actually join that constabulary. I've lived here all my life. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's lovely for you. But it's not going to get you into this constabulary. One of the next questions that's asked is, in, in detail, what sort of tasks do you feel you are going to be undertaking as a police officer? Um, so these are ones that you don't consider. And I've seen these so many times. They've got to be from, there's got to be a source of these, these cliches and vagisms that just won't work. So what sort of tasks I'm going to work in a team? I'm going to be reassuring the public. I'm going to be engaging with the public. I'm going to be taking statements. I'll be keeping the peace. I'll use my initiative. I'll be solving problems. There'll be various laws to follow and laws to learn. All of it vague and all of it the sort of common things that I read that will fail you because it's asking for in detail. So find out what detailed things the police do what in detail do they do arresting people most of the application forms i see never mention the fact that you'd be arresting people but what sort of people what sort of stop and searches will you be doing what are the crimes that are prevalent in that area knife crime will we be dealing with county lines do you even know what county lines is will you be dealing with domestic violence incidents will you be dealing with sudden deaths so you're going to have to come across people who are dead and have passed away road traffic collisions where people have suffered serious harm start thinking that it's not just about i'll be investigating crime what sorts of crime will you be investigating primarily in your first few years what sort of things will you be dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis get detail one of the best ways of doing that is to follow officers on social media and then at the right time um, get in touch with them and ask if you can just have 15 minutes of their time where you could just ask them the question what sort of things do you deal with give me some detail and then you can just use that and it's great research so please don't use all those vagisms all right another question that you may be asked is what sort of impact is being a police officer going to have on your personal life this is a common interview question as well because they want to make sure that you really, really understand exactly what impact being a police officer will have on your personal life. So don't make the claim that it won't have an impact on me. Because straight away, if you say that, I will know that you do not understand what the impact is going to be on you. Um, that you will be a police officer, you'll have to work shifts, and you might miss some family events or parties, or you might have to go on holiday at different times. These are all things that my nine-year-old son could tell you, so it's not detailed enough. It really isn't detailed enough. And you definitely do not say that I might lose some friends, because the first question I'm thinking then is, what sort of friends are you keeping? Your friends should be proud of you. I might lose friends. Well, I'm a bit concerned about the sort of friends that you're keeping, so don't say that. Um, instead, think about the real impact it's going to have on your life. Talk with your family and evidence that you've talked with your family and your friends. It is going to have a massive impact on you. It's going to have a massive impact on your mental health, and physically it's going to have an impact on you. And uh, not just physically as in exhausted, 
and feeling run down at times because you're working shifts, but also physically as in some people might try and hurt you. This is something that's going to impact on your personal life and they want a very personal account from you as to how you feel it will impact on your personal life. Okay, so one of the questions that is asked is what sort of preparation have you taken, undertaken to prepare for this role? It needs to be specific. I mean, what they're looking for is specific evidence. So just saying, I've spoken to police officers. Great. What did you learn? Which police officers? Where? And what did you learn as a result of this? Um, I've, I've researched being a police officer and it's very interesting. What research did you do? Why do you find it interesting? I've looked at the website. So is everyone else. I've attended um, an event put on to by the, by the force to tell me all about being a police officer. Yeah, so is everyone else. So what have you done over and beyond what everyone else has done? Um, I've done some research. What sort of research? I've got fit. Right, what have you done to get fit? Make it unique to you. And don't be utilising all of those cliches. All right, I think we're at the end. I think this might be 10 or 11. Anyway, in any case, these are my top tips. <laughs> it's the last one, actually. This is the last one. So the last top tip for you, the last piece of guidance, is that in your evidence that you're giving about the experiences in your life, you should be in a position, if you've followed my guidance, you should be in a position to give them examples of when you've given 120% without being asked to do so. Using examples where you've been tasked to do something is not going to score very highly because you were just asked to do it. You're not showing anything remarkable there. You're not showing your initiative. You're just demonstrating that you can do what you're told to do. Um, and examples that involve people work well because it's a very people-orientated job. You will be dealing with people and working with people and collaborating with people and solving problems with people from the moment you walk into the locker room, walk out the locker room, until the moment you hang up your keys, go back into the locker room. Everything else in between is working with other people. So use examples that involve other people. Use examples where you've challenged yourself where you've really pushed yourself and it hasn't gone right first time. That's fine. If you challenge yourself, then you need to accept that if you're taking action on a daily basis, then that action is going to be imperfect. It will never be perfect. So once we build up that momentum and every day we are doing something that's taking us closer to our goal, we know that the action we're taking is not always going to be perfect. It's imperfect action. But the beauty of that is that you can look back on it and learn from it and think, what can I do better? So challenge yourself. Take on additional responsibilities. Push your limits. Push yourself beyond those limits. Make mistakes and learn from those mistakes. I know it sounds like a magnificent cliche, but please do put yourself in situations where you've got the opportunity to make mistakes. Try things out. Won't always work. And the more you exercise those muscles, of challenging yourself and pushing yourself and taking on further responsibility. The more you do that, the more it will get easier to do. And the more evidence you will gather that will become awesome, not just for your application form, but also for the interview stage at the assessment centre and at your final interview. And it doesn't matter how old you are. You can apply to join the police at 17. And I know some people might say, yeah, but you've not got enough life experience. Well, 
that's not a barrier. Otherwise, they wouldn't have introduced. You can you can apply to join the police at 17. As long as you're 18 when you're walking through the door and you get your warrant card, that's all they're looking for. So think about the opportunities that you create for yourself. Get involved in volunteering. Get involved in Duke of Edinburgh. Get involved in Scouts Guides. Get involved in voluntary organisations. Get involved in your part-time job. Push yourself. Ask for further responsibility. Ask to take some of the weight off your manager or supervisor and ask if you could take on some of their roles. It doesn't matter how old you are, as long as you're capable of doing it. Push, push, push yourself, ask for more responsibility, use your initiative, try things out, give 120% without being asked to do so. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for promise. They're not looking for someone who's got so much life experience that they're going to be perfect. We can drop them into a uniform and give them just a little bit of training and then off they go. They're going to be the perfect police officer. No, they're looking for someone who's got promise. So this is what your application form needs to reflect, folks. And make sure... Make sure that you don't make any of the errors that I've just outlined here. Make sure you do exactly the opposite of what I've outlined. And your application form should sail through. Now, I've never mentioned this before, but the importance of an application form, I can't overstress it. It's not a formality. The police don't owe you a living and they're not going to give you a warrant card on a silver platter. You're going to have to earn it. And the application form is your first contact with a force where you can demonstrate that you're exactly the sort of person that they are looking for. A lot of forces will screen people out based on application forms. They will screen out thousands. So if they've got 5,000 applications, there's no way they can provide 5,000 assessment centres and interviews for all of those applications. They will whittle that down to about 1,000 or even less And so depending on supply and demand, they could mark the application forms really hard. And you might be thinking, I've prepared all my life for this. I've been in a special constabulary. I've been a cadet. I've done this. I've done the other. But if your application form doesn't reflect exactly what they're looking for, you will fail. So it's so important that we focus on this. And that's why the chapter earlier where I've actually given you the application form questions, not just the national one, but also the sort of questions that other forces use that have ditched ditched the national application form. That's why it's so important that you start preparing now. And some of you might be thinking, that's a lot of hard work. Yes, it is. Like I said, no one's going to hand a warrant card to you on a silver platter. You've got to work hard for it. But the good thing is, is you're in the right company. Um, I know I've said this before, but... You work hard. I'll show you what to do. You've got to do the hard work. I will show you what you need to do. You do the hard work. You're not going to get through this by osmosis. You're not going to get through this by some magic bullet because there isn't one. There is no quick, easy way to get into the police. It requires hard work and determination from you. And this is where it starts, folks. So make a difference. Get through this first time and then... In the next chapters, we're going to talk about things like the assessment centres and the interview phase. And then beyond that, there's fitness, uh, vetting, medical. There's a lot of stages to get through, but we'll get you through there. Might take a year or two, but we'll get you through it. So, folks, hope you enjoyed this chapter. Please do ask me any questions. If you have anything that you're unsure about, uh, you can get in touch with me via the Facebook groups using Messenger. Or you could just drop me a line at the email address for Blue Light, which is info at bluelightconsultancy 
www.thepodcastnetwork.com and I'll speak to you at the next one. Catch you with you soon. Bye-bye for now.